You are now tuning in to Let's Be Honest with host Just Jonda. to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and today we have a great show. This is um, actually an appearance that I did on Monday, February 14th, 2022, on the Tisa Tell Show, um, a great growing show on YouTube. If you've been following my show, you know I've appeared there several times to discuss some of the more, um, I guess, explosive uh, cases involving celebrities. Uh, as we know on this show, I do all types of cases as well as lots of gossip as well. But uh, there have been a couple of popular celebrity cases that I have also um, talked about most recently, the Cardi B, Tasha K case. And now, today, we are talking about the Wendy Williams versus Wells Fargo case. So that, it, for those of you who are not aware, you're going to hear more about it once we get into this interview with Tisa. But on February 4th of 2022, so this was really only a little over a week, a week and a half ago, maybe 10 days ago, Wendy Williams, the famed talk show maven uh, who is currently on hiatus from her show due to physical health reasons, filed a preliminary injunction or request for an injunction and a temporary restraining order against Wells Fargo Bank. They are a banking institution that she has done business with for a number of years and has millions of dollars held with their bank in several accounts. The one that is at issue and probably has most of her money in it is um, an account where she basically had concierge service, the uh, brokerage services, et cetera. She had um, a financial advisor through the bank. Now it appears that her relationship with the financial advisor, if not the bank itself, at some point that relationship broke down and Ms. Williams is said to have fired the person who was dealing with her account. And at that point, the relationship between her and the bank seemed to sour as well because based on what has come out throughout the filings, it appears that uh, this woman who was her previous financial advisor made certain allegations to the bank um, regarding things that she allegedly observed and information that she allegedly got from other people. Again, notice there's no health professionals involved, but we'll get into that a little bit more in a bit. 
Um, at any rate, uh, she claimed based on her observations and others, and all of this apparently is from this same person, that Ms. Williams was subject to some type of undue influence or perhaps some individuals with not without who do not have her best interests uh, at heart were interfering in her financial matters. Wells Fargo, based on that information, took it upon themselves to freeze her accounts or essentially freeze her out of her accounts in its entirety, right down to not even allowing her to see her financial records. It appears that she had no advance notice of that, I think. And again, we know that more of this is going to come out in the wash now that the case is going to court. But at any rate, Ms. Williams appears to have had no notice of it. So for two weeks leading up to the 4th of February, she was going through all kinds of stuff back and forth with the bank, trying to gain some measure of access to her accounts which she was not able to do. And as a result of that, she engaged her attorneys to then file the action that I mentioned earlier. And uh, needless to say, things snowballed from there. So this, <coughs> as I stated, is an interview that I did with the Tisa Tell Show giving more analysis on this from the legal perspective and also answering some questions that were coming in from people listening to the show live. I'm sure a lot of the same types of questions that you all have as well. So sit back, listen up, and enjoy. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, of course, all of that information is available in the info box for this episode, as well as the information for the podcast. So next, you're going to hear us go right into the interview, straight through to the end. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys. Listen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the special Valentine's edition of the Tattletales. As you can tell, there's a lot of stuff going on. The things with Wendy Williams are is getting deep. I do have attorney just yonder with us. I'm about to bring her up. But y'all, what's going on in the Wendy Williams case literally defies logic. Now, I read over the documents. There's new documents we're actually going to review. I have them for you guys to see. But also, I wanted to actually get an attorney's opinion about what's happening because to me, it seems so weird and so odd and just so unfair that I thought maybe I'm ignorant to the law in, you know, as far as security exchange, this can't be real. So, 
Yes, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. I hope, thank you so much, Lily. Thank you, Valentine's, happy Valentine's Day to everyone. I hope everybody is either with the ones they love or showing loves to the ones they love and showering them with appreciation and affection. What are we in this world without our loved ones, okay? So here's we, listen, hey, Karen Pollard, how are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, so let's get into this. Let's bring attorney Jess Janda. Hey, Janda, how are you doing? Great. Hi, Tisa. How are you? Okay, hold on. Can you hear me okay? Okay, okay. we can hear you okay. Hold on, guys. Okay, is that better? Tisa, that may have been me because I was trying to use headphones. So I took the headphones off. Is that better? Okay. Okay, now we're good. All right. So all right, I'm all here too. Set. All right. Sorry about these technical difficulties. I don't know what is going on. StreamYard is acting a mess, right? Can you guys hear me? We're all good, right? All right. So you guys, let's do this. Um, Jonda, listen really quick because I'm trying to get things cleared up and do it. Can you please, please, please? Right now, give us the overview of what you feel is going on. And then we're going to actually break down the court documents. I'm going to read from a few things. We're going to read Wendy's affidavit. And we're going to read Wells Fargo's response. But if you could just give everybody an overview of what you think is going on. Okay. And I, I think I told you before, I'm going to try very hard to stick with the legal stuff. Because I tell you, the more I read about this, the more it pisses me off, quite frankly. But. <clears throat> Excuse me. But essentially what what happened here and, and like Tisa said, we're going to get into the specifics, but I'm glad we're doing it this way because I can also give you the standard of the law that we're going to be using. And that's going to help a lot as you go through the documents. So the bottom line is this all started because Wendy 
essentially stood up for herself. I mean, that's really how we started. The first documents in this case were actually filed by Wendy Williams because for two weeks, she did not have access to her accounts, not even statements to even see what was in her accounts. So after going through drama with Wells Fargo for two weeks and all kinds of stuff behind the scenes that you're going to talk about when you read the documents. So Wendy went through quite a bit of stuff, um, basically chasing her tail, not realizing that's what they were forcing her to do. And finally, she did what any of us would do. She went and she got her big time lawyers and she filed for a preliminary uh, injunction and temporary restraining order against Wells Fargo. And that was uh, and, and in layman's terms, she filed something in the court that says, stop Wells Fargo from doing this to me. Get, make them unfreeze my access to my accounts. They are hurting me. And of course, she had to give rationale for that. Now, of course, there would be hearings later on. In fact, there's a hearing, uh, at least unless something gets changed, there's a hearing scheduled tomorrow. So that is what uh, Wendy initially did. Wells Fargo comes back with, of course, their excuse, which you're gonna, uh, which you're gonna talk about, uh, for why they did this, making allegations against uh, Wendy, and I consider them to be allegations against her. Anytime you talk about somebody potentially being incapacitated, where you don't have any type of Where's a mental evaluation? Where's any of these things? This is just based on the opinion of a layperson and some other people that they spoke to. Nobody knows anything about their credibility as it relates to this evaluation. Mm. Wells Fargo said, essentially, we did this for her own good. And we did this because we feel that she uh, may be being financially exploited and, and taken advantage of. Wendy's people come back again and say, Your Honor, we just want you to deal with this. There's an arbitration clause, but we're not even doing that because they have, I can't even pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And of course, as, as you're going to talk about, Wells Fargo then says, well, we could grant her access to pay her bills, but we still don't think she should have access to her money. So long story short, there is supposed to be a hearing on this TRO tomorrow, the temporary restraining order. So you're going to mm -hmm. hear us say stuff like uh, for the audience, you're going to hear us say TRO a lot. We're still talking about the same hearing. So let me tell you the standard that the court has that the court has to look at, because this is I think it's going to tie everything together for you really great when Tisa goes through these documents. So you mentioned the Securities and Exchange Commission. Hold on a second, really quickly. Let's just bring everybody up. You guys probably all know, but if you're watching this on playback and you're not familiar, when you look at the state, when she's talking about the standard, you might all know this, but the standard is really what the court has to yeah. line the evidence up against. You know, so the standard might be if you eat food and stand upright and breathe air and you need to drink water to survive, then you are human. So then they take whatever evidence they have. Okay, this is a rock. This is a dog. This is a plane. Okay, 
Who stands straight up? Who drinks air? I mean, drinks air. Who drinks water? Uh -huh. Who likes to breathe air? That is the standard. So the standard is the the it's the qual it's the qualifications you have to meet. And if you can meet all the standards, then you have proven your case. And if you don't, then you either lose your case or you have to build a case in a different way. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, mm -hmm. you, so it's basically saying you need to meet these three qualifications. Two out of what three out of three, you definitely won. Two out of three, maybe. If you have zero over the three out of three, then you definitely lost. So that's what she's saying, the standard, and that's what Jonda is actually about to explain to us. So go on, Jonda. Okay. The really crazy thing about this, and if it sounds familiar to a big case we all just talked about, it's because sadly it is, and that case is Britney Spears. So mm. when people start making that comparison, sadly, it's it's a um it's a real comparison. Now in New York, they use the word guardianship, and you're going to hear guardianship a lot. That guardianship is interchangeable with California calling what happened to Brittany a conservatorship. So mm -hmm. same thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. The only difference here is that in the Britney Spears case. They got a conservatorship not only over her money, but over her as a person. In this case, Wells Fargo is seeking a guardianship, uh, asking the court to put in place a guardianship over her money. Now, this is where things get a, even more scary. In New York, there is no special relationship that someone has to have with you, like your parent or someone like that to go to the court and file something saying this person needs a guardianship. Anybody can do it. And in this case, Wells Fargo can do it. So this is not even a situation that they're doing under a banking regulation, like you mentioned securities and exchange. No, it has nothing to do with that. They are literally going under, now again, they're backing their way into this and we'll get into that in a little bit but they are going under what is called the mental hygiene provision under mm -hmm. article 81 of uh under yeah under article 81 of the New York code and that gives the court the power to appoint a guardian of a person or property so you see this used a lot with cps issues um CPS? you know elder abuse child uh, protective, child protective services, services. Okay. Um, elder abuse, uh, mm -hmm. of course, definitely elder abuse, because usually when CPS is involved, they've got their own provisions. So really, this is usually when you're dealing with adults. Now, but the, I just want to pause you really quick, Jonda, and just uh -huh. roll it back some. Um, so you say, and this is something very interesting that I think a lot of people don't realize, mm -hmm. you say to establish a guardianship, we think you know, layman's, oh, so your parents, your your somebody that loves you, somebody that has a close relationship with you, are the or family ties are the only ones that can establish a guardianship. You're letting us know that under New York code, anyone can yep. move to get guardianship over you. They don't have to have some type of duty of care. Or do there does there need to be a duty? No, because they're not they're not necessarily asking that they be made a guardian. You can just be asking that the court appoint a guardian because it is your belief that and, and we'll get into the, the standard, but it is your belief that under the standards that apply, 
the person needs one. So it's not necessarily me just choosing someone and saying, Your Honor, even though I'm an officer of the court, I want you to make me a guardian. I can simply say one is needed. No. So Wells Fargo is not necessarily saying the guardian has to be them. They're just saying that they don't believe that Wendy Williams is capable of making her own decisions in this instance. And mm -hmm. until a guardian is appointed, that they should be allowed to act like her daddy or something and hold on to her money. Now, I have a question. You bring up a good point, and I have a question. And uh, Natalie McLinden has a question. We'll save it to the end. She wants to know how can we prevent this. And really quick, let me just pause everything. Thank you so much, Rem, uh, for the super sticker. There's a lot of new people in here tonight. Please hit the subscribe button um, and turn on your notifications because we are going to be following this down to the nit now down to the nitty gritty we're also gonna have pretty much live updates from what's going on tomorrow with wendy's uh restraining order now here's what i want to know and a lot of people have you know speculated can the banks go because you know under what is it hobby lobby corporations are people too wells fargo is a corporation can the banks actually go and say we want to be made guardian or is it more likely that the banks are supporting someone else, perhaps the person that's whispering in Lori Schuler's ear that they want that person appointed to the guardian. Do you see what I'm saying? Can the, can the banks appoint themselves? Oh, they can. Okay. The, the banks, well, no, I was saying, I, I was making sure I understood your question, but yes, okay. so I get it. Absolutely. The If there is someone who is um, considered to be qualified, then absolutely the bank could support that person. So if there is a person, especially uh, let's say Wendy's uh, family, or I'm not sorry, Wendy's attorneys conceded mm -hmm. and said, you know what, just for the good of this, because I, as far as we're concerned, our person is okay. But at this point, you know what, this is causing her so much stress that it's gonna push her over the edge. So we will agree to a limited guardianship for a limited period of time if the court qualifies this in this individual who is knowledgeable they're acquainted with the family they're educated let's say it's the family attorney somebody like that and if the court feels that that person is qualified and there's there's a you know, of course, the court has certain conditions to what they feel qualifies them. And if the court feels that that's fine, they can do that. And certainly Wells Fargo could support that as well. Okay. They, you know, so now I guess part of the question maybe or maybe not your question, but others may have, could this um, make the situation worse because Wells Fargo could be supporting somebody that has a nefarious intent. Well, the court doesn't have to listen to anybody and just appoint someone that they have on a list. They could, um, as we saw, for instance, in the Britney Spears case, there was mm -hmm. a point, as we know, towards the end where things got so contentious with everybody that the court made an end run and appointed a reputable um, financial services company mm. that obviously has a relationship with the court and put them involved. Now, oh. unfortunately, the other piece to this, as we saw in the Britney Spears case, and is no different here, 
when a guardian is put in place, and let's face it, when just so you know, guys, when anybody is put in place on your case, you end up paying for it. So this guardian will go in place and then Wendy's got to pay for it. So, you know, you end up paying for something you didn't want. I mean, remember, if you look at the Britney Spears case, that's the part that's going on now. Britney is free, technically, but she's still going back and forth to court every 10 minutes, or at least her attorneys are, because they're dealing with all of these costs and fees of the guardianship. Well, okay, so, the conservatorship, but same thing. Okay, so I have a question also on that. Um, because people are asking a lot of good questions, and we are going to read the documents very soon for John to weigh in. But I John know, is these are such good questions. I understand yes, it. It, John, it makes everybody welcome. crazy because this is so personally identifiable. Like, could this happen to me? And I, I get yeah. why it has people outraged. Okay, so definitely, Jonda, and you are a wealth analyst, so we are going to pick this for everything it's worth. But Casey, I think, says what a lot of us are actually thinking. How can the bank exercise that power without medical records? Isn't it speculative? Is it normal for a bank to just out the blue say, hey, like we laugh about gossip in the YouTube streets. This yes. literally was somebody saying, well, I heard. And before you know it, all yeah, her money when you hit me up. up with it, I didn't believe you. Remember, I was like, <laughs> yeah, you did. I didn't believe you. <laughs> you know, me and John, we talk all the time. And every single time I see anything legal or even just mess, I'm like, girl, did you see this? And John was like, Tisa, send me the docs. I'm busy. I'll look over it. And you got back to me a day or two later because you know John stays busy. And you were like, what? I don't, you really honestly didn't believe it, but I didn't believe it. Yeah. Um, well, it, uh, well, this question is a great one because it goes to, oh, I'm sorry. Are we getting an echo again? Okay. Because no, it no, goes to the standard. So, um, so this question is great because about the whole piece about, isn't it speculative? Now on the front end, just between us folks talking here, I think it is. I think Tisa thinks it is. I think a lot of us on here feel like well, is there, and, and you know how I feel, because I. what was one of the first things I said? Where's the mental evaluation? Where's people who are actual experts? You got bankers deciding what's in somebody's mind. Okay. Overriding medical documents that might, they, because here's the thing, when these people, and they showed in a court, first I thought they were talking trash, this mysterious power of attorney, but they actually put it in court documents. We gave you a yes. duly executed power of attorney. For those of you guys don't know, power of attorney is the same as somebody stepping into your skin yes. and being you. Now, power of attorney can be limited, but when these attorney did say to the court and they submitted evidence that it was duly executed, which means we did everything we needed to do, and this is a legally binding power of attorney. The bank, just to let you guys know what's going on, when these people went to the bank and they said, um, can we just see, we want to see what the online balance is. There were no transactions. They Not just even statements. No statements. They said, you can't even see a statement. They said, why not? They said, oh, because Wendy's family got word of what was going on and literally said, listen, we have a duly executed power of attorney that makes Wendy's son her power of attorney. He is a sound mind, sound body, and he is over 18. That's what you need to be a power of attorney. And he has consented to be power of attorney. Fine. They gave that to the bank. Wendy's people said, what's up? Like, wh why can't we have access to the records? Forget about a transaction. 
Why can't we have access to these records? And mind you, with a team of attorneys, not just this boy by himself, this yes. boy with an army of attorneys. Yeah, so it's an army of attorneys. So then the bank and their arrogance literally ignored them. And it yep. wasn't until they went to court that they respond to the court saying, hey, guess what? We're having our own ruling to even see if we're, what is it to even see if we want to get and we're trying to get guardianship and we know you have this power of attorney but we think wendy is of unsamaline now the thing i thought and john the alleging that know, they filed for a guardianship that wendy and her people didn't know about so the question still remains when did you file it or did you just back your way into it when wendy's people came at you because well, for two weeks when Wendy kept coming to the bank and Wendy's people kept coming to the bank, why didn't you say then something about this guardianship? They didn't say anything about this alleged filing for a guardianship until after Wendy's big time law firm started filing documents. Yes. Now, let me just interject here. Rim, thank you so much for the super chat. Rim says, Tisa, that's me. We'll be doing daily court updates on Wendy Williams versus Wells Fargo. Don't forget to subscribe and set notifications. Please don't forget to get to subscribe and set notifications. Tomorrow is going to be a big day in court. Now, I will say this. Um, Casey brings up a good point again. And I just want to ask you this question. What in this? We got to give her law clerk status, right? Yes, here. yes, right. Because she is coming. She actually might be a lawyer, right? <laughs> what investigation did the bank conduct to inform the decision? The bank has admitted in court documents that we'll get into a second that the only investigation they actually did was Lori was alerted by someone that's known Wendy a lot. Now, I'm going to be messy. There. And, a, and allegedly her own knowledge. And her, yes, but, but that's questionable because she got fired. Well, here's the thing, though. Wendy expressed. Okay, so let's just put this in the circle, right? And I'll be a little messy. This is this part of speculation. There are a lot of people that have contacted me that actually are very close to Wendy, right? Um, that say that they believe the person that alerted Lori is her ex-husband. They believe the person that said something. Yes, because you know, is the ex-husband now the theory? Was, who would have? Who would Lori have known best besides Wendy, other than Kelvin? If there's no question. We all know, and Wendy has told us he handled everything. Mm -hmm. He was involved in the business from the rooter to the fruita. That's why he got so much money in the divorce. There was no dispute whatsoever that he was intricately involved in every aspect of her career management. He was her official manager. So of course he would have had some type of relationship with a financial manager that she had a relationship with for almost 15 years. Definitely. Now I do want to say, right, has relationship is. Now, again, we do not know who alerted Lori. However, the attorneys did say her son, her family are all moving as one. Again, you never know. But here's the thing, though. Lori was fired. Once Lori was fired, then she had all these concerns. Prior to that, you were fine managing her money with that. A lot of people did say that if it does turn out to be her ex-husband, if right? Because we don't know who this mysteriously third party is. Mm -hmm. It does turn out to be ex-husband. Some people have expressed doubt saying, why would he do that? 
because he gets paid alimony. I just want to explain this to everyone. The bank can freeze your assets in a number of ways. What they've done to Wendy's accounts is usually what you do when you find out someone's money laundering or there's narco or there's something where everything's frozen because there is something criminal going on. So it doesn't matter whether the money's paying bills or car note. If it's criminal, nobody can have access to that money. Oh, well. With Wendy's situation, what is more common and which is industry standard, I looked into it, is big tr transactions are frozen. However, routine reoccurring payments exactly that have a legal basis such as child support such as alimony and such as payments that you made if you yeah. paid your mortgage every month your mortgage will keep being but, paid but if i could let me just finish this point with the uh mm -hmm. before i lose my you know me right if it's your mortgage if it's your alimony if it's your child support the reason why is because Yes, it is a routine payment that has been coming out for months, years. It is uh -huh. never contested, but there's also some type of legal document behind it. There is an alimony support uh, ruling. There is a child support ruling. There is a legal binding instrument, a mortgage saying this person has promised us, whether they are alive, dead, and in between, that we're going to get our money, right? So when you look at that, those type of reoccurring routine payments are always paid even when bank assets are frozen, right? Absolutely, because where are you going to live? Exactly. Now, when people, and again, we don't know if it's Kevin. We're just speculating. It could, it could actually be like, you know, the man down the street. We don't know. But if it is Kevin, when people say, why would he mess up his bag by trying to report Wendy and get guardianship and now this account's frozen because maybe he even played himself. Maybe he was getting alimony. He thought that if he moves with Lori in the bank to actually get guardianship and have the bank support him as guardian quietly without the family knowing, he would still keep getting his alimony and he could actually take a bite at the bigger pie and try to get guardianship. For all of you guys saying, oh, that would never happen. You need to realize the banks aren't in the YouTube streets and the, the law is not in the YouTube streets. Had Calvin or anyone that maybe had some type of nexus quietly going to get guardianship established, you never know. It might have happened because look what happened to Britney Spears. Her dad, who was abusive to his mom, for I remember when that happened, Britney hated her Absolutely. father. Hated him and freaked out, hated him. And he ended up getting conservatorship for a daughter that hated him at that time. Said he was a psycho, said he was abusive, said he ruined her childhood, said he abused the mom. Person non grata. And the courts gave that man carte blanche over it just because father-daughter relationship. So, take it. And it was never challenged because everybody else in the family, according to Brittany, was in on it. So, for all of you guys who are saying, well, it couldn't be this person because he's getting paid, I'm not saying it's him. I am saying that the fact that his alimony also got caught up in this doesn't make a difference. Because he could have literally thought he'd still keep getting his alimony payments, which would have been a logical conclusion. Um, and at the same time, could have Lori in the bank move to help him be guardian, especially if they're looking at mismanagement. The reason I say that is they keep saying it's some type of impropriety, some type of mismanagement. Undue How influence. All of, oh, you mean on Lori's part. Okay. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. 
You're right. I'm sorry, John. Undue influence on the family's part on whoever has Wendy's well, care. Well, on Wendy, yeah, somebody's undoing, undoing, well, has undue influence over her. And of course, they're going to claim that that's the family. But However, the mm -hmm. family has come out and said, which is true, and they showed the court, where are these transactions that made your red flag go up? Because there's no transactions to make your red flag go up. So how did this even get triggered? Lori's saying, oh, no, 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 no. I, I saw like, you know, this weird stuff. And they're like, but where's the weird stuff? Because there has not been any weird transactions. We haven't tapped Wendy's uh, pockets. So where exactly is this coming from? And I believe in this restraining order trial, and let me know what you think, Jonda, are they ever going to have to reveal who this third party is with the secret guardian trial or will that stay secret? No, when they when we get to that point, especially in and uh, that's with the evidentiary standard, when we get to that point, they are going to have to produce something better than she said that somebody else said, especially since given the nature of these types of hearings, a lot of it is confidential. So it doesn't hurt anything for names to be revealed because even Wells Fargo is asking that uh, the proceedings be confidential. I think that ultimately, especially if this goes farther than tomorrow and we do move to a point where we're gonna be talking about uh, her mental state, I think, and, and I certainly, if I were representing Wendy, I actually would not object to that being confidential because given the nature of her fame, you mm -hmm. certainly wouldn't want any any possible chance of anything about her mental evaluations or even her medical because that's nobody's business either. So I, I don't think- I wouldn't have to know. I just want to interject. I'm sorry, Jonda. If you could just comment on this, Wells Fargo, I think it's weird that they're asking to keep it confidential, but Wells Fargo doesn't know anything about Wendy's medical. Well, no, and I agree with I agree with you on that. I'm just saying now I don't I think, you know, I'm giving Wells Fargo the the itchy eye no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm saying on behalf of Wendy, that's something that I would have wanted anyway for her well-being. Wells Fargo pfft, you know, okay, okay. Be, yeah, that no, no, I have no love for them. They just happen to be the ones asking. If they hadn't asked, if I were representing Wendy and I thought that there was the possibility that folks were going to be making some whack job allegations that I needed to refute about her mental state, I would ask that it, that it be confidential anyway, especially if there's the possibility of getting mental evaluations. Now, um, just in terms of the standard, because this is important because a lot of people are asking questions that uh, if, if we know this, this would help. So this is the conditions that have to be in place for the court to appoint a guardian. So under Section 81, it says the court may appoint a guardian for a person if not really worried about the personal needs stuff because they're not asking for that. Mm -hmm. If it is necessary to provide for or to manage the property and financial affairs of that person. Now, that person can agree to the appointment. We saw Brittany agreeing to it temporarily. And then while she was away, they made it permanent. So don't agree to nothing. Wendy. So <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> so she can agree to that appointment or if the if she doesn't agree what the court has to do and this is just flat out procedure nothing special mm -hmm. the court has to then consider uh bringing on a court evaluator and that court evaluator would then have access to whatever they need in order to make that uh, to make that determination, because at that point the court evaluator would make um, that person would then give a report to the court. Now there would still be a hearing, mm -hmm. but the court evaluator would be a part of that hearing, and their role is different from the petitioner, which is Wendy and the respondent, which is Wells Fargo, the evaluator is only there to inform the court of their opinion about whether or not this person can be, um, that this person can manage their affairs without a guardian. And so mm -hmm. they're granted special powers to, you know, look at the person's medical, to look at the person's mental, to determine if this person is in a state where they could possibly be taken advantage of. And I think this is where Wells Fargo really treads on some messy territory because mm -hmm. even though they keep saying, and, and notice, and you picked up on it, notice they're very careful about the language. They aren't coming flat out and saying that they think she's mentally incapacitated, right? They keep yeah. saying that there's undue influence, but let's just be real because let's, let's take it out of the courtroom and just be real. When you say that someone is subject to undue influence, aren't you pretty much low key saying that they can't think for themselves and other people are taking no. advantage of them? So you're no. backing what Wells Fargo would say is not the same thing. Uh, but, but here's my, the thing I saw Wells Fargo as CYA covering your own, your own, oh, yeah, a, as, as because when yeah. you say, when I said, when I first heard, when these people say you're trying to say that she has a uh, um Alzheimer, I mean dementia, dementia or whatever, yeah. right? Um, and then Wells Fargo shot back and said, Oh no, 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 undue influence. Undue influence doesn't have to mean legally that you don't have your own faculties. It means that no, it doesn't yes, it doesn't have to so if they, it doesn't have to, but low key, and again, this is where you get into, and that's what I'm saying, it's like you're up and that's what i was saying you're absolutely right they're covering their ass but low-key you're still and this is where i think that they're on shaky ground because even when you say undue influence in layman's terms you are still implying that there is something about this person that makes them unable to make decisions on their own therefore they're subject to somebody else making you know making bad decisions on their behalf or making decisions that they don't want or like remember the cute little language they used when they were saying that lori said 
Wendy was hesitant at one point about some transaction. So it she makes tried it, it seem she like tried it. you see what I'm saying? It makes it seem like this person is in some type of situation where they could be easily bullied or swayed. So no, you're not coming out and saying mental incapacity. That's where they're trying to cover their ass. But yes. you're still kind of low-key backing your way into it. And that's why I'm glad when we talk about the standard, it is higher. There is a higher standard here than most normal civil cases, which is just preponderance of the evidence, you know, just basically 51, 49. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's the standard is elevated. Now, we're not at guilt beyond a reasonable doubt or anything like that, but it's called clear and convincing evidence. And mm-hmm. this is where the, the person who is seeking the guardianship must prove that a factor or, or that the facts are substantially more likely than not to be true. Now, when you say that it is substantially more likely, and when the court is looking at that, they mean a high probability, and this is straight black letter law, a high probability that a particular fact is true. When you're saying that, you've got to bring something a little bit more than when she came to my office, she seemed a little nervous. She seemed a little (laughs) hesitant about the particular transaction. She was a little shaky. It seems like her brother was saying, do it, do it. And she was like, no, no, that's not enough. She could have just been in a bad mood that day. You, you've you got mm-hmm. to come with something a little bit better or a whole lot better. And in here, they must, the determination for incapacity under this statute is that there shall be clear and convincing evidence so that elevated standard that this person is likely to suffer harm because they are unable to manage their property and even more importantly especially for a smart lady like wendy that the person cannot adequately understand and appreciate the nature and consequences of their inability I don't, I think that they're going to have a hard time with that with somebody like a Wendy, especially if she takes the stand, because even if you're moving a little slower, if you're not as quick on the trigger as you once were, and remember this, she has medical issues that may be contributing to her not being as spry as she was a year ago, just because you're not moving a little faster and it may take you a few minutes longer to process things doesn't mean that you can't you know we have we have people who've had strokes may take them a little hard little uh it may take them a little longer to process it they are no less brilliant and it's a high 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 standard which unfortunately is a high standard but unfortunately, we see from Britney Spears, it's a standard yes. that can be manipulated. If no one's oh, attention and no one's advocating to you, it is a standard. Now, I do want to take a break and just say this really quick, Jonda. First of all, Brim, thank you so much. Listen, you guys, like Brim says, I will be doing daily court updates on Wendy Williams versus Wolf Fargo's. Tomorrow is going to be a big day. It is going to be the restraining order. Those documents are going to be hot off the press. Um, don't forget to subscribe and set your notifications. And also... 
We do have a membership. If you do want to join the Tattle Tales family, thank you so much for everybody in here. Please make sure you hit the like button. There's 554 people, legal eagle lovers in this chat, <laughs> loving everything Jess Janda is breaking down. Please hit the like button, subscribe, notifications. And also there is a channel membership. I believe this Friday we're going to get, listen, this is our legal eagle, but this Friday we're going to get a little messy. We're getting into the gutter. It's going to be something fun. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be some fun stuff, and I'm also gonna go over some things that I've heard about uh, from people that know Wendy and Kevin about what's going on and why this mysterious third party that looks like they want to stay hidden might be Kevin. Last thing before we let Jonda continue, I know you guys are loving Jonda's legal expertise. She is definitely. Tattletales MVP. We love Jonda, but Jonda is not just doing this for the Tattletales. Jonda has her own podcast. She's written a book. Jonda has a thriving practice. You guys, I would encourage you. I put in the description box ways to support and find Jonda. She is on Instagram. She is on Twitter. And she's just an all listen. Her podcast is amazing. I listen to it all the time while I'm supposed to be cleaning, but I just sit on the couch and listen. <laughs> Because, you know, sometimes when you sit down, when you start talking, I'm like, mm, that's a good point. Let me sit down and digest this knowledge. So ways to find Jonda are definitely in the description box. Please go and support our girl and let them know that you are a tattletale and you are there supporting Jonda, okay? I but love it when I see okay. it. And, and the tattletales are fantastic. They always let me know. Yes, Jonda is amazing. Okay, so sorry about that, Jonda. Let's get back into this, what you are uh, saying now, here's the what thing. What the court here's has to determine. Yes, the standard of uh, burden. Yes, yes, yes. Now the they do. They can take into account, which is great, because I think that this is very helpful in a situation like this. Because none of us would ever say that Wendy got to where she is without being a pretty smart cookie. Um, well, the the court uh, shall give determination, and these things are important because it again, it's scary to all of us, right? So. The court shall give primary consideration to the functional level and limitations of that person. So they will look to the level to which she's functioning fine and, to, and the level to which she's not. Now, of course, the only thing we know for sure is that perhaps physically she may not be functioning at 100%. And she's admitted that. That's why she's not doing her show. But yeah. there has never been any admission. There has only been rumors and innuendo about how she is functioning mentally. But, you know, people have physical issues and given the work that she does, it's demanding. But anyway, what the court um, will look at, these are, the, these are some of the primary considerations. Her management of her uh, activities of daily living. We know that she has lots of help with that. Okay. Understanding and appreciation. And if for no other reason, she's rich, so she can buy help. So these are the standards. So just to bring everybody up to speed, these are the standards or the qualification that Wendy is going to have to prove. Well, to well, prove actually, that these are the things that the court will look at in determining okay. the clear and condition. 
True. So when I say Wendy has to prove it, the court is going to look at these different factors to see whether or not Wells Fargo has any leg to stand on in this guardianship or whether Wendy has any leg to stand on and saying that Wells Fargo is making up BS. I am fine. So let's get into the first standard. You said the first standard was? Okay. So the first one they will look at is they will um, say, okay, um the management of her daily her activities in daily living okay. as we know given her circumstances wendy can certainly uh hire help uh we know that she's staying with family but again she has the means for that so i don't think that if it's about physical incapacity she's good she's not the average person understanding and appreciating the nature and consequences of any inability to manage the activities of daily living i personally would argue because again you know we're we're, we're arguing the case back and forth i would personally argue that the steps that she has taken now this is if i were representing wendy i would argue that the steps that she has taken i.e removing herself from a demanding career and going to um, and moving with family and getting other care, that demonstrates that she understands the nature and consequences of any limitations she has because she voluntarily put herself in a situation where she could where she could receive help. That would be my argument for that. The third uh, that the court would look at is the preferences, wishes, and values with regard to managing her activities. And a lot of this is saying daily living, we're going to replace that with her financial circumstances. Yes. Because we're really talking about finances, but I think we got a bunch of smart legal eagles on here. They understand. Yes. Okay. So her preferences and wishes, again, clearly she's been showing that between working with her son, give, making sure her son has a legal and financial team. Mm -hmm. We, uh, again, and then finally, and this is this is a pretty big one because of the amount of money, because she's not like you or I in our accounts at Wells Fargo. The nature and extent of the person's property and financial affairs in uh and his or her ability to manage them. This is the one that I think Wells Fargo is probably going to focus on the most because she has but, you know, we're talking about millions in her Wells Fargo from what they admitted that we're talking about millions of dollars in this account. So, of course, they are going to argue, you know, because they're her daddy, I guess. They're going to argue that this is such a huge um, estate. Uh, this is so much money, similar to Brittany. This is so much money and that it makes um her situation more complicated because she had brokerage accounts and all of that so of course if she has if if she's if there's any question about nefarious individuals around her trying to influence her or that she's just not firing on all cylinders that she should not you know we're not basically we're not talking about a mom and pop's checking account we're talking about Wendy Williams's checking account. Well, and, okay, go ahead. 
No, so let me just interject because I want to actually read from these court documents. It'll give you a little bit more insight into what John is talking about, and then she can give you an actual example, right? So oh, yes, that's perfect because all we needed was the standard, and then you know, now that you take off on this, I think it it sets us in the right place. So go ahead. De no, definitely. But I want to get your feedback on this and I want you to apply the standard to what they're saying. Let's go through this paragraph by paragraph, right? Okay. Um, okay. So they're, you know, they're responding to the judge. It is Justice Bluth. This firm represents Wells Fargo Clearing Services. Ada, ada, ada. They're giving all of their credentials to make an appearance on behalf of Wells Fargo. The name respondent. We're writing to ensure that the court is aware of our representation and to facilitate our participation in any application by petitioner for a provisional remedy. The a courtesy copy of our notice of appearance is enclosed. Okay, so this is just, you know, particular. Yeah, you have to go, you know, presenting to the king, ada, 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 right? Now, we also want to inform the court that Wells Fargo has filed a petition in the guardianship part for the appointment of a guardian of the property of the petition here and under Article 81 of the Mental Hygiene Law. This is what John is referring to. We will welcome the opportunity to provide your honor and opposing counsel with a copy of the guardianship petition, but would like to do so under seal or in another manner that will preserve the confidential nature of the guardianship procedure. Now, this is what has even my gossip sense tingling. They want to keep this private. Whoever yes. is this person, that Wells Fargo is uh, not sponsoring, but they think is a- They don't want to dime them out. They don't want to dime them out, which lets me know it is someone that is person non grata. Maybe it's an ex, but you know how it is when money's involved. It might be somebody we never saw coming. It, you know? it could literally be anybody. Um, mm -hmm. And there's another interesting thing. So I'm glad you paused there because this is key too. We'd be happy to provide a copy. So you allegedly filed for this guardianship that Wendy or her representatives know nothing about. You would be happy to provide a courtesy copy. Like, yes. oh, thank you very much for giving me a copy <laughs> of the fact that you want to take over my life or at least my yes. financial life. And only to the court. Only, let's not forget that when Wendy's family was asking what's going on, what's going on, they literally kept nickeling and dying them and sending them down, like throwing red herrings at them to distract them. And they, the court, I'm sorry, the bank, from what I understand, was hoping that they could get the guardianship set up before Wendy's family ever got wind of what was going on. They, to me, when I read the first documents, it sounded like they were going out of the way to keep them in the dark. They weren't being above board and they were just trying to get everything set up. So the next time they had to answer Wendy, they could be like, well, you're not the guardian. So we don't care about that power of attorney. Let's move on. And mind you, never mentioned in any of this, in any of these prior communications that they would continue to pay the bills. It was only until Wendy's people went at them, not once, but twice did they at least concede to considering at least paying her bills? Now, that was, that was odd. And this also lets me think that whoever is filing for guardianship is someone that don't give a damn of Wendy is lay, living on the street. They don't care. Which leads well, me to believe Wells that- Fargo. <laughs> so. Well, it's Wells Fargo. But 
Well, yeah, Wells Fargo is the Wells Fargo is the petitioner. Yes. But, uh, you know, but again, we do know that obviously there's more behind it because they didn't just leave this on Lori Schiller's shoulders. Initially, it seemed like it was all about Lori Schiller. But of course, we know when they uh, sent that subsequent letter, they said, oh, they mentioned other individuals close to Wendy. Now, listen, I don't want to start anything. I would just say if anybody has money in Wells Fargo, you might want to diversify those assets into another bank. But let's get into the third paragraph, because this also has a lot of interesting things that Jonda touched on. To summarize without divulging too much on the public record, which is out Wells Fargo, because you couldn't divulge to Wendy's people without this becoming public record. Wells Fargo has strong reason to believe that the petitioner is the victim of undue influence and financial exploitation. Again, like Jonda said, they dance around her having some type of mental incompetency, but they never actually say it. They say it's undue influence and financial exploitation. Again, if Wendy's team cracks back, I believe they set up this defense so Wendy can't get any type of damages because they can always say, well, we never said you had dementia, you know? We just said it was someone undue influence, but now that we, you know, got, tried to get a guardian and the court wouldn't do it, okay, now we're satisfied that you're not being exploited. Now they said the petitioner is an established client of a Wells Fargo and notably 15 years with a particular financial advisor, a 23-year veteran um, of the financial services industry with an unblemished record. Wells Fargo is relying not only on reports of the financial advisor who has recently witnessed telltale signs of exploitation. Again, we're going to get into this, Jonda, because Wendy's camp is saying there's been no unusual transaction. So how did you witness this? But they're saying, and again, this is my speculation, their telltale signs of financial exploitation is them saying, we don't want to do business with Wells Fargo and we're taking our money to Chase or TD Bank or wherever else oh, they're taking I think it. That's exactly what it is. I think that what, if I had to guess, how this relationship unraveled. I think that it was a combination of factors. There was something, whether it was Wendy personally or somebody acting on her behalf who mm -hmm. ended her relationship with Lori Schiller. Because Lori Schiller is an employee of Wells Fargo, when Wendy decided, uh, whether herself or a representative on her behalf, decided to end her relationship with Lori, she decided to end her relationship with the bank. That is a huge account. And yeah. somebody, I'm not saying no names, but folks went Kevin. into, you mentioned CYA earlier. Somebody went into CYA mode and just, and started trying to save that account because you also have to remember that Wendy was a high dollar client that was receiving services that are reserved for people on her level. Now, I don't know because it's not 100% clear as to whether or not she was a Wells Fargo customer prior to April 2018 because the only thing that it makes clear is that in April 2018, she started using this higher service, obviously, this um, this financial advisory service, 
with um with the brokerage services and and all of that and lori schiller mm. was either already at wells fargo or she came to wells fargo which may be because i'm thinking if wendy already had a relationship with lori then there's then it sounds like lori and we find this out i'm sure well, it let sounds me just like actually... lori probably began to work at wells fargo and brought her accounts wendy being one of one of them and probably one of her biggest with her and of course wendy began yes. to use those services from lori as an employee of wells fargo now based on the filing and my reading of it wells uh lori is still an employee of wells fargo she is. she's just not Wendy's employee. <laughs> well, let's get into this, actually. Let me finish the, this document out. Um, you are correct. Now, again, we do not know if Lori bought Wendy with her or she always worked for Wells Fargo for 15 years, but it's undisputed that Lori um, worked with Wendy as a financial advisor for 15 years. Now, I want to also include you guys. We think this is just a couple million dollars. There have been reports that it is upwards to $40 million that Wells Fargo is literally trying to get a handle on. Now, again, Wendy has some of it invested. Wendy has this, Wendy that. Wendy is smart with her money. You know, she's been in this game for a long time. I have no doubt that her fortune is probably- That's why she had a financial advisor. Yes, but they're saying that there's about $40 million, 40, mil, 40 real million dollars, not written in fake bios on the internet, but 40 real million dollars that is at stake. So this lets you know why everybody is pay, playing for keeps. I think a lot of times um, people don't realize how much a million dollars is and 40 million just on interest. Even you just being a financial advisor and getting a crumb, 0.003% of a transaction is huge it's huge so and, and in fairness to wells fargo because i know we've been beating them up quite a bit but you know we do try to bounce back and forth in fairness to wells fargo if wendy's account is 5 million 10 million 20 million or let alone a potential 40 million then they have a vested interest in making sure that she is not hurt that is a huge customer uh to end up later on finding out that you were allowing her uh things in her account to happen um and and she potentially was incapacitated i think sure. what the i think the issue here that i'm having and and i would imagine a, a lot of people are having and we see in the pleading, even her attorneys are having, is that her, the contract, the brokerage contract that she has was with Wells Fargo does allow, it actually does allow for uh, the for proceedings where if Wells Fargo feels that there is uh, an area of concern, where there is a transaction, not the entire account, and you keep mentioning yeah. this, you're absolutely right, that word transaction is key, where if there is a transaction that they feel is questionable, especially because, you know, something may not be right with her, that they can question it. That And then they have um, certain proceedings, as with any, any bank, to deal with that matter and hopefully work that out. 
as it relates to one or, or a particular transaction, not to just freeze her account. So in fairness, because of the size of the account, I could see where if you are the head or the head of that division of Wells Fargo and one of your employees comes to you and says, not only is this one of our big fish, but she is a public figure big fish. So if she gets screwed, it's not just a blip in the back of the newspaper. We're in the New York Post. We're on page six. Okay. Then they have a reason to care. Girl, I feel you. And thank you for being devil's advocate like every good attorney. However, Jonna makes some really good points. But I just no, want to interrupt the table. Listen, I understand. That's what you do as an attorney. You have to. However, <laughs> the one thing that kind of raises the the, the 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 gossip meter is the fact that the way Wells Fargo went about doing this, you would express your exactly. concern be above. They came with power of attorney, and before you could do anything, you're still on the side trying to get guardianship. And again, two Wells Fargo's not benefit, but to their detriment, doesn't seem like anybody cared about what was going on with Wendy until two weeks ago when they found out they were going to lose this huge client. And the funny thing is, and I could see Wendy's people arguing this. I'm interested to see, make sure you turn on your su subscribe and notify because it looks like we might have a little insight about what's going to happen in court tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. And we're going to cover it extensively. But the thing is, if Wells Fargo got hint that that money was going to be moved and they're trying to move with the guardianship, to me, it says that, yes, I understand Wendy being a high-powered client, but you're going out your way because the person that has power of attorney, you don't like that person, and you're trying to override. It and they're still going to move the accounts. It's still going to move the accounts, but it also lets me know that Lori has set things up on a series of whisper, 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 whisper. Let's get into this, right? It's that Wells Fargo is relying not only, this is directly from Wells Fargo, this is directly from Wells Fargo's um, response to the court. It's on screen. Wells Fargo is relying not only on reports of the financial advisor who has re recently witnessed telltale signs of exploitation. Recently, she said recently, but you were fired two weeks ago. So that means you saw this even prior but it only became an issue when you can't manage your money. So it's almost like saying, I knew you were around thieves and vampires, but when you were under my cloak of protection, I thought I could protect you. And now that you're going out into that big world, I don't know. Exactly. So they go on to say, um, they've recently witnessed telltale signs of exploitation, including the petitioner's own expressed apprehensions. That could be anything, but also- It one could literally be anything. It could literally be her having apprehension about a recommendation that Lori made. Remember, this was a brokerage relationship. Lori could have been saying, well, how about this investment? We did it last year. And Wendy could be like, yeah, but I don't want to do it this year. Apprehension could be anything. True. Now, let me just get through this paragraph. She said, but also, and this is the part, but also upon other independent third parties, right? Also above, above, upon other independent third parties who know the petitioner well, right? Um, and share these concerns. Now let me get through this next paragraph because this goes to the heart of what you were saying. It's saying the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, the FNRA, which regulates financial service companies such as Wells Fargo has become increasingly aware of these types of problems and has encouraged financial institutions to be alert 
to possible exploitation of their clients and to take preventative action when possible. This is consistent with New York State Social Services Law, Section 473, which encourages measures to mitigate improper use of an adult's funds, property, let me just get to this paragraph, property or resources by another individual, including but not limited to fraud, false pretenses, embezzlement, conspiracy, forgery, falsifying records, coerced property transfers, or denial of access to assets. Let me just get through this, John, because I know you're just like, oh, right? Again, all of these things that they're saying, none of them have anything to do with mental health. FINRA Rule 2165 also recently amended authorizes a financial institution to place a temporary hold on the disbursement of funds or securities where such activity is suspected. That is precisely what Wells Fargo has done here, pending a determination in the guardianship part concerning its client's capacity. Now, hold on. As noted, we stand ready to provide your honor with the record that will be furnished to the guardianship part, we respectfully suggest to preserve the confidential interests of the alleged incapacitated person as contemplated by Article 81, that the records in the instant proceeding be sealed, at least pending the outcome of the Article 81 proceeding, and that an alternative protocol be established to preserve confidentiality in the interim. We note that Although the current proceeding is styled as one of uh, as as an aid of arbitration under um, civil procedure law, um, civil procedure law rules, Article seventy five, under of course the state of New York, we are unaware of any pending demand for arbitration or pending Finber arbitration between these parties. Now that's interesting. They're saying that because they're the ones that kept saying we have an arbitration clause and we're going to give you a ruling under the arbitration. It goes on to finish. Spargo is merely a stakeholder in this proceeding. Oh, really? Now we don't care. Those Fargo's literally saying, oh, don't get us wrong. We don't care who wins, right? We're merely a stakeholder, if you will, in this proceeding. And we have no interest in the outcome. And we only seek to follow the anti-exploitation gui guidelines of FINRA and the state of New York for the protection of the financial interest and confidentiality of Wendy. We have little doubt that regardless of the outcome of Article 81 proceeding, Wells Fargo will have demonstrated good cause for acting in a cautionary manner in this proceeding. Now, to me, this was Wells Fargo. Literally, they heard their accounts dry, dry, drying up. This is a huge scandal. I don't think they ever thought this was going to be out. I don't want to say that it had anything to do with Wendy being a Black woman, but I want to say I do honestly think this had a lot to do with Wendy, even at her stature, being a woman. A woman. And being a we, woman. We don't but the see that. When did you see this happening? The fact that also everybody on Wendy's side, her family, her power of attorney are melanated, I think plays a role. I'm going to save this till the end. So I'll let you chime in. But I do think that there is something where the way the bank has inexplicably taken on this authoritarian but paternal role when there are confident adults and even a duly executed um, power of attorney, and they're looking at all that and saying, we don't care, we don't trust any of you because what Lori is telling you, and we're going to go with the people we know, the guardianship, even though nobody knows this person with guardianship except Lori. 
Do you see what I'm saying? So it seems to be a bit paternalistic. Oh, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And for my, <laughs> my non-Black viewers, I know there's a lot of non-Black tattletales. What's up? Let me just tell you a little bit about sometimes being Black in America. There is a paternalistic nature where you are either too stupid, too reckless, not always, but in situations like this when it comes up, that's when that unconscious bias comes up. You are too stupid, too reckless. Okay, but my family can look after there. But they might be a bunch of hustlers, scammers, undue control. Where if Wendy was a Britney Spears, well, Britney Spears is a bad example, but you know, it's a good example. If Whitney, I'm sorry, if um Whitney, if Wendy was a Britney Spears, then when the father comes in and maybe has the right complexion and, you know, has, you know, sandy brown hair and blue eyes and he talks a certain way, even if the daughter's screaming, I hate him, I hate him, I don't want him here, you look at them as a safe aspect. Whereas I think a lot of uh, Black Americans, I'll just say it, uh, and you know this, right? That's the thing about racism. It's not that we're running with like, you know, there are people with hoods chasing us and crosses are burning on the lawn. That's that's like 1940 racism. 2022 racism is when a bank gets paternalistic and looks at everybody that's melanated and they decide without giving you any explanation or any basis that they don't think that you're trustworthy, that they don't think that these papers are right, that they don't think what you have done legally and they don't trust the people around you. And I, again, I don't know Wells Fargo. I have had dealings, not with Wells Fargo, but other banks. And I do notice that there are some people that they take liberties with. And I can't help but that has anything to do with Wendy. Again, everything's not about race, but if you're black American, you know, racism isn't like our parents or grandparents or even our uncles and aunts experience. It's on some new microaggressions. And to me, the way they came to Wells Fargo saying, you guys, we have all the documents. Like, what's the problem? What's going on? And Wells Fargo was like, wouldn't even return calls, wouldn't do this, wouldn't give them anything, gave them the runaround. But now they're talking to the court saying, oh, Your Honor, we would love to. But let's keep this confidential confidential, because we don't still we still don't want those Negroes to know. That's hot. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. But anyway, John, you jump in and let me know. What do you think? Well, no, you got, it, it, but as I said at the very outset, part of this was going to be hard for me because of my level of outrage. It's, it's got all of my juices flowing, especially being someone that went to an all-girls high school and a women's college. So I do not play when it comes to uh, issues related to women. And I am, and certainly as a melanated woman, there is a whole other level because we're dealing with it at the cross-section. And so that word that you used is so key here when we talk about this behavior very uh, very paternalistic you have yeah. men out here just wilding out clowning scaring people with just as much or maybe even more money than mm -hmm. britney i mean i'm sorry than than wendy and nobody is doing a thing i mean you can go back years and look at people who were in the public eye uh celebrities politicians but especially celebrities um some of the most notable ones elvis howard hughes lots of people with lots of money and their incapacity was a joke they were just eccentric but 
no one stepped in to take over, especially people from the outside. Now, some of the stuff that you talked about, um, particularly going back to uh, the document, because it, it all plays, it all comes full circle with this. It's very interesting that they made sure to try to wrap up FINRA in the New York law, in that Article 81. And in my opinion, there is a very uh, clear reason why they did that. FINRA is not like the FDIC, where the FDIC has, uh, you know, they do the federal regulations. So we know that it's the Federal Deposit Insurance Company. There is um, a connection between the FDIC and the government. FINRA is actually not a government agency. It is, um, it's basically self, it's, it's something the banks have to yes. self-police similar to the way that the bars do in different states like the virginia bar is our regulatory agency that self self polices but it is not a government uh it is not a government agency now of course they can make determinations as it relates to my license because when i agreed to be licensed under the bar then I, of course i agreed to follow the rules of the bar but as far as being a government agency, they're not. And that's the same thing with FINRA. And that is why you notice they want, they made sure to wrap up those FINRA regulations to drive, to draw parallels between the FINRA, and I hate even to call them regulations, let's call them recommendations. Recommendations. The, the FINRA recommendations to wrap them up in the law. When yes. those two things are not the same. And again, it gets very parental, very paternal when you start talking about um, the things that it specifically mentioned. And uh, no matter how many different ways they try to say this undue influence, there is no way that you can say that without backing up into state of mind. The other piece that I think is going to be very important to this, and I'm looking forward to seeing the documents, even if it's sealed, but at least seeing when it was filed. When mm. exactly was this alleged, and notice I keep calling it alleged, when exactly was this alleged guardianship filed? Because to date, none of us have seen it. Now, granted, the court hasn't ruled on whether or not it would be sealed. But if you notice, when they mentioned it, who mentions filing an important court document like that, but they never mentioned a date? When yes. did you file it? What was the date? Notice this guardianship was not mentioned until we are, what, like four communications into this? This was what this was the third or fourth communication back and forth between um wendy's camp and wells fargo and now they are just mentioning the guardianship but they never mention when they did it which lends itself to the question was the guardianship of course we have a chicken or the egg thing and i think it's an important chicken or the egg thing was the guardianship actually filed prior to Wendy's people 
going to Wendy's people filing their document on the 4th to get her rights to her accounts back. There is no, right now, at least in terms of what's public, we have nothing publicly that proves that Wells Fargo filed that document filed for guardianship first. So it lends, unless it's proven ah. otherwise, I'd be concerned about whether or not uh, Wells Fargo filed the guardianship in one for one of two reasons a in retaliation or b again another attempt to cover their asses because wendy's people correctly pointed out in their filing that they overstepped their boundaries as it relates to freezing her accounts in total because even if wendy's people were to concede that the bank had a right to um, question a transaction, and again, you correctly state what transaction, mm -hmm. that the bank has a right to question transactions pending arbitration or a judicial hearing, which is a part of their agreement. There is nothing that was agreed to that says you freeze everything. Well, let me just interject here because um, Wendy's attorneys actually uh, made a letter to the court uh, once, the judge was, uh, once the judge was appointed. And they make a couple of points that kind of echo what you're saying, John. I just want to read that to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so they're saying, what's what uh, the Bluth or whatever the law firm responded? One of these people were like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay, listen, grant the restraining order. The reason they're saying that is while we understand that Wells Fargo's need to prepare their oppositions, right? Wells Fargo has been put on notice of the claims alleged for some time. Even prior to filing the emergency petition on February 4th, in hopes of resolving this matter amicably and without the need for judicial intervention, our office, now these are lawyers, these are lawyers. So for anyone saying, oh, well, maybe they thought that Wendy was, there wasn't Wendy on speakerphone saying, uh, hello, how you doing, Wells Fargo? Can I have money? This was an actual legal team. So it's kind of like, even if you don't think that Wendy is of sound mind, there's a legal team behind her. So why would the lawyers be, but let, let me get into more of this, right? Um, um, in hopes of resolving this matter amicably, amicably and without the need for judicial intervention, our office has been in a consistent communication with Wells Fargo directly and once retained Wells Fargo's a counsel. Now don't forget Wells Fargo also has in-house counsel. So they were communicating with the in-house counsel. Then when they saw that Wendy's people weren't letting this go, they bought in some big outhouse, outhouse heavy hitter um, outside lawyers to assist. Bressler, Armory, and Ross. Prior to filing the emergency petition, additionally, after informing us that he was authorized to accept service on Wells Fargo's behalf, right? Courtesy copies of the emergency petition and today's filings were sent to Mr. Pikes prior to his office filing a notice of appearance on the matter. Copies of correspondence between the council are enclosed herein, ada, ada, ada. Accordingly, given the urgency of this resolution and imposing council's advance notice of claims in the event that a request for the hearing is denied, we respe respectfully request that respondents opposing papers be submitted on or before February 11th instead of the original February 15th. The, and I believe they did actually, no, 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 that's not true. Hold on. In an effort to remedi re remedi uh, remediate our client's financial hardship. Now, here's the thing. This is a little bit juicy. 
Additionally, while we reviewed opposing counsel's letter dated February 9th, a copy of which is enclosed herein, referencing a guardianship proceeding concerning our client, we have not been notified of any such proceedings and have no knowledge of the same. Now, let me just get to this paragraph, but John, this goes into what you're saying about when did you guys apply for the guardianship? Were you already working with it or did Wendy come with her heavy hitter attorneys and you were like, oh, let's hide behind the cloak of FEMRA and just get this paperwork. They do say, they haven't been notified of any such proceedings and have no knowledge of the same. They're basically saying you guys are either lying or you're doing something weird. Nonetheless, Wendy denies that she is the victim of undue influence and financial expectation. Despite Wells Fargo's assertion that its suspicions are genuine, their decision to deny Wendy access to her financial assets for weeks without providing her or her counsel with adequate explanation or evidence to support its decision. And their decision to wait until Wendy filed an emergency petition for a preliminary injunction before pursuing or notifying Wendy that, she, that they had pursued a guardianship proceeding gives pause for concern about Wells Fargo intentions. Although Mr. Pickett, that's the lead attorney, states that his client's actions are, the, are for the protection of the financial interests and confidentiality of Wendy. Um, Wells Fargo's delay in resolving this matter and their denial in allowing Wendy to pay her debts or even access her current account statements is in fact harming and not protecting those very same interests. So they are calling the hypocrisy, like what are we doing here, right? Now, and he's also, I think in a very, very um, good way, laying a subtle legal trap of actually maybe even setting Wells Fargo up for damages by saying, whose interests are you protecting? Because by freezing all her assets, the only true person's interests that are protected are the bank. Because if you guys don't know about banking, all the money you put in there, they trade on it, they merge or they merge with it, they buy, they sell, they get this is the reason why banks can give mortgage. And especially Wendy's, because hers was a hers was a part of their brokerage division. Exactly. So we'll get into that in a second. Let me just get through this. But great point, Jonda. Okay, it says, so they're basically saying, it's funny, you're saying, but the only interests that are protected are yours. And how Jonda pointed out, Wendy's money is in the brokerage division. It's a higher risk, but it's also a higher return. But that's the money you get your mortgage fund. So Wendy's 40 million is doing a lot. Now, they go on to say, moreover, um, let's see. Okay, also, clients are for the protection of the financial interest. His clients delay, Wells Fargo delay, in resolving this matter and the denial and allowing Wendy to pay her debts or even access her current account statements, which is highly odd. I heard Kesey in the chat saying, oh, what are the rules? They actually, in the very first, submitted the bank rules and the bank is in violation even of their own standards that they set. Now, by not letting her see her current account statements is in fact harming and not protecting those very same interests. Moreover, every time you hear lawyers say moreover, they're about to get into their bag, right? Moreover, and as repeatedly stated in our filings and in this letter, her inability, Wendy's inability to access her financial efforts has caused her to be in breach of ongoing financial obligations, including a judicially approved settlement agreement that must be alimony and court order related thereto. Additionally, to address opposing counsel's concern regarding the styling of this matter, the current proceeding is styled as, as one in aid of pending arbitration. Under Article 75, let's just get into this, under Article 75, come on, 
of the uh, civil procedure laws and rules in the New York Civil Procedure Law Rules, seven five um, section seven five zero two, subparagraph C permits this court to entertain an application for a preliminary injunction in connection with the arbitration that is pending, or and that's underlined. This is very important. That is to be commenced inside or outside this state. So they're even thinking, they're trying to lock Wells Fargo in so they don't try anything funny and try to take a different forum or maybe give other things wherever when these money is invested, right? Should there still be cause for concern, we're happy to amend the caption of the proceeding so as to clarify the purpose for which the matter has been bought. Lastly, Wells Fargo's lead counsel's lawyer letter states several issues of immediate concern, along with acknowledging that his letter was intended to facilitate his office participation in any application by Wendy for a provisional remedy. Unless he is in objection with having a hearing be held on this matter as soon as possible, I respectfully request that the re temporary restraining order be granted and a hearing be scheduled in an effort to resolve this matter as equitably and efficiently as possible that can benefit both parties. We thank the court for its kind consideration, you know? Now, Jonda, what's your take on that? What is your take on that? I think that, well, you know, that <laughs> my take is that Wendy's people uh, have it have it on the head. Um, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how Wells Fargo is going to certainly in the short run, how Wells Fargo is going to fight the notion that their interest is so great that Wendy or a representative for Wendy, especially given that she has, as we know, an entire legal team engaged and all of that, how they are going to fight this TRO. Because I, I'm just not seeing it, especially given the level to which Wells Fargo overreached. So I think that certainly, um, you know, Wells Fargo can say everything, you know, they can go back and forth with this all they want to. Go ahead. Well, so just to say, so when these counsel hit back, right? Yeah. And they say, on behalf of the respondent, Wells Fargo Clearing Services, we apologize for further correspondence. I hate when lawyers do that. Shut up and just of say course. what you're saying, right? Well, exactly. judge, we're sorry for making you work harder, but we're concerned about Wendy's situation and want to reiterate our desire to be heard if the court intends to consider petitioner's attempt to relitigate the issue of the temporary restraining order. And so there's no relitigating. The court never litigated. It was never litigated to begin with. Well, look at this bomb, though. They said it is our hope that the guardianship part will imminently appoint a temporary guardian or evaluator to review the situation and assure the petitioner's affairs are being properly handled pending the applications before. So they now want a temporary, forget the restraining order. Wells Fargo is saying, no, no, no. Put they want the court to guardian. skip right over that. Now, listen, here's the thing. We also, they also noted that Wendy's submission in support of her application here on an, is an affirmation not an affidavit, and mm -hmm. a reported signature is not acknowledged. Now they say that 
aside from the further which was taken care of later but yes it is wendy does actually do but you see how they're trying to lay the groundwork like oh already something funny is going on oh absolutely all of this is trying to even though and that's the thing you see them grasping at straws to make everything with wendy's people seem off everything get away from the fact that you still need to show us a transaction that was problematic because even if we were to hang this on the contract that ms williams had with you even that doesn't apply where are you getting this authority so they have to invent something the authority is that other people are whispering in her ear we're hearing we heard that she's hearing voices you know it's it's like and then she didn't sign the paper so are you the people who are doing these have this undue influence on her well listen to this though because this is where i'm like the nerve of wells fargo we also know that the petitioner submission in support of her application herein is an infer is an affirmation okay i read that sorry Oh, they're saying, aside from the further questions that it raises about the bona fides of this proceeding, there they go, planning that doubt you talked about, the unsworn submission carries no weight. Wendy corrected that and said, done, here you go, right? But here's the thing that I think is nerve. Wells Fargo is open. And they know people do this all the time, by the way, as uh, far as getting signatures and stuff later. When attorneys start throwing bombs at other attorneys and you are at the preliminary stages of what could possibly be, hopefully for Wendy's sake it's not, but for what could possibly be a long and nasty hearing, why are you throwing bombs at opposing counsel this early unless you're just desperate to try to make them look funky? Exactly, I just wanna take a moment and just tell everybody, please, please, please make sure you like comment, subscribe, turn your notifications on because we are going to be doing um, another live tomorrow when we see what the hearing is with the temporary restraining order. So turn your notifications on so we can follow it. And also you guys, there's like 650 people in here and I know I know on YouTube I have 17 likes. Can y'all please hit the like button? Likes are free and it helps move this out. Now, where are we? Oh, this is the part I find most interesting. You guys, What it said, Wells Fargo is open to arranging with petitioner's counsel to release funds directly to the creditors. Hold on really quick. Hold on. Sorry about that. Okay. Wells Fargo is open to arranging the petitioner's counsel to release funds directly to the creditors to pay outstanding amounts that have been historically and regularly paid from the accounts in question, such as employee salaries, utilities, and the like. Counsels welcome to contact us, as is with the as is an interim measure that can be accomplished without burdening the court. So now they're saying, "Oh, okay, we'll do the bare minimum pay bills." Finally. We intend to file opposition papers in accordance with the order to show cause. We believe that the record in this case should be sealed to protect the petitioner's privacy. And pending such a sealing order, we would appreciate permission to email our responsive papers directly to, hold on really quick, the chambers. Would you please let us know if that is possible? Now, here's the thing, right? The fact that they're saying we do not want to have to publicly show calls. We'll just tell the judge. It lets me know that whoever is behind this guardianship 
everybody on Wendy's side knows. And everybody's trying to see who is the rat. Who's assuming the person's actually being a rat and Wendy is not being incapacitated. Everybody's trying to figure out who the rat is. And Wells Fargo is protecting them with all of their might. Now, this is just me being messy. I think Wells Fargo is protecting them because I think how John is saying that Wells Fargo is already outside of the realm. They've already broken their own rules. Everybody's saying, oh, what's Wells Fargo's rules? They've already broken their own rules. I truly do believe that they think by hiding behind this guardianship and this magic person, they can get the guardianship. And if the guardianship is denied, they're like, okay, well, we, we follow FINRA. We did what FEMRA said, so we're just gonna walk away. No, you know, oh well, all fair in love and war. However, I believe whoever this guardian is that they are trying to protect, I believe that they might believe, this is my speculation, that if that name is released, Wendy's team will be like, are you kidding me? This person is a liar, is a thief, is this. And this is who Lori based her decision on that Wendy, you see what I'm saying? I think they don't want their source coming out because they don't want their source to be discredited because if their source is discredited, let's just say it is her ex-husband. I don't know if it is, but let's just say it's Kelvin. This person that mentally abused her, physically abused her, did this, did that, probably humiliated her. And this is the reason why she's even relapsed if she has relapsed, allegedly. I'm making up a thing. This is the person that was telling Lori what to do and this is what you froze the assets i think it opens up the bank to liability if they if this guardianship person might know wendy but he might be you see what i'm saying jonda what do you think of that theory that they're literally trying to protect who the guardian is because they don't want the guardian ripped apart and if the guardian is shown to be not credible then that and and, and everybody knows they're not credible and Lori's saying she's known this person for 15 years, then that makes Lori not credible. And that makes what she told Wells Fargo not credible. And that's what Wells Fargo is afraid of. Mushuch. Well, absolutely. It all it all flows together. Yeah. It all flows together because you certainly can't base this just on one person's word. The yeah. situation is far too extreme. The action that they took is pretty much as as serious as you can get. It's funny yeah. how when you talk about uh, whether or not the court is going to grant a temporary restraining order or, um, you know, or enjoin something, it's always referred to, and the same thing with the guardianship as well, these remedies are always referred to as the most extreme remedies, that these are things that you do, particularly something like a guardianship, because um, you're taking away somebody's liberty, essentially, to, to handle their own affairs. So you want to find the, uh, make sure that there is no less restrictive remedy that you can go for. So in a situation where you are taking such extreme action and Wells Fargo, as we see, took an extreme action on the front end, the guardianship is, is you know, kind of backing up on the back end, but they took an extreme action from the jump when yeah. they froze her assets. To me, that's already as extreme as you can get even before you take the additional step of the guardianship. Yeah. But anyway, my, my point is that 
when you when you look at uh, at those things in their totality in in terms of what in terms of what Wells Fargo has done here you also have to how what is the best way to put this basically when you look at what they've done uh here you also have to take into account that for Wendy's uh for Wendy's people they can say look there are so many other things short of that that you could have done and this is what you do it makes it, it it makes to me that clear and convincing standard even harder for them to reach because of how extreme they went from the from the gate yeah well you know it's so funny you say that when this attorney in their response to Wells Fargo actually has lines that echo exactly what you say, like Janda is on her money. It said, while we appreciate respondents being open to arrange uh, to releasing funds directly to the creditors to pay. Why did you do it in the first place? Yes, he said uh, directly to the creditors to pay outstanding amounts that have been historically and regularly paid. It calls into question why such historically and regularly paid outstanding amounts cease to be paid in the first place. If those bill payments were not subject to a suspicion of undue influence or financial exploitation, as they've alleged in this court and in the guardianship proceedings, again, in which neither our client nor her designated power of attorney have received any service of process for or any knowledge of its being commenced. This also weighs into what Jonda is saying. When were these papers filed? Because mm -hmm. even if they filed it, Wendy should, and they know Wendy's counsel, should have some notification. It makes you wonder, when did you file it? Did you call file it to cover your butt? Or had this been cooking up in the past? They go on to say- And that's also, I love this this because, you know, this is one of those things where lawyers, um, and you see it uh, even when anybody, corporate people, anybody sends each other letters. When you start getting into that nice, nasty territory, <laughs> I love- I love this paragraph because it got into the nice, nasty territory that I love. Because again, layman's terms, girlfriend to girlfriend, everybody, this is what that paragraph really says. Don't write this letter for this judge making it sound like you're doing us a freaking favor by saying we'll pay your bills because you could have been paying her bills in the first place. And when we go to court, whether the judge grants the restraining order or not, the court is going to order that the bills be paid. There is, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that whether Wells Fargo offered it, whether they ask for it it doesn't matter the court any court in their right mind would not allow somebody's situation to go under especially yes. their bills that are paid in ordinary course like where they live and what they drive especially when the argument here is ultimately that wendy did not do anything wrong all of this is allegedly predicated on the fact that we're trying to protect her. So if you're trying to protect her, then what are you what are you doing? You're you're supposedly trying to protect her by making her homeless, by making her by having her son's school tuition not be paid. You're protecting her. So those are things that the court would have ordered anyway. So I love paragraphs like this yes. because they're basically saying, child, please. 
we exactly. don't get that anyway. They're like, interesting enough. Did you say that? You know, but that's the attorneys going back and forth. Even how when they said, oh, well, we noticed this is an affirmation, not an affidavit. And the attorneys yeah. were like, you tried it. You know what the hell is going They absolutely on. tried it. Because that's normal it. stuff, especially when in this case, you are dealing with literally letters, affidavits, and petitions that are going back and forth every day. Like yeah. you haven't said the dates, you've just been reading them. But if you were to read the dates, like Wendy's petition was filed on the 4th, then another letter was on the 8th. They were going back and forth. Yes. Of course, everything is not getting signed exactly. Your attorneys are trying to be the first one at the courthouse. They can shoot over a signature affidavit later on. They just need exactly. to get the paperwork filed. They know what it is. And any lawyer knows what it is. Exactly. But listen, I'll say one thing. It's so funny. And this is just, I mean, I'm a layman uh, attorney. She is a practicing lawyer. Um, I will say that it's very, very funny to me that as much as Wells Fargo keeps trying to poke uh, holes in the other side's credibility, every time they respond, they come off looking more and more shysty. And I would think as a bank that you need a cons consumer's trust and with such a high profile uh, client, especially with Wells Fargo's history toward minorities, I would think. But again, you know what? Sometimes people show who you and banks, corporations show you who they are time and time and time again. I will say, you guys, Rim, thank you so much. You're saying I am going to be doing daily court updates on Wendy Williams and Wells Fargo. Don't forget to subscribe and set notifications. And just, Shonda, thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you want to support and or just even be educated or maybe even higher, just Jonda or get a recommendation. Jonda is so cool for answering questions, giving not legal advice, but you know, perhaps referrals, whatever it is, reach out to her. But she has this podcast that is so good. You guys listen to Jonda's voice. I could listen to her all day. Her book is amazing. Instagram, follow, please support. It is in the description box. And also, Jonda, we're going to wrap things up, but why don't you just give me your opinion on where you think, and we're not asking you to predict, but where you think the next steps are, what do you think is going to happen with the temporary restraining order, um, and just any insight that you'd like us to know before we wrap it up. Um, if the hearing goes forward tomorrow, because we know how these things tend to be uh, when they're moving this fast, um, it's it's certainly a possibility that it could get continued. I don't think that that's what Wendy's people want. I'm representing Wendy, and based on how quickly we've seen them move, they don't want this continued. We know that Wells Fargo does because they're trying to bring in other stuff. Yeah. I suspect that if Wendy's people get their way, um, there will be a hearing tomorrow. I think that the court will probably split the difference on this one. If, um, if I had to guess, I think that the court is going to probably order, as opposed to even worrying about some agreement, is probably going to order that Wells Fargo um, continue at the very least to make sure that her bills are paid um, in terms of the things that we've talked about here, the items that historically have been paid and, and need to continue to be paid. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, but when I say split the difference, I don't think that the court is going to make a 
final ruling on the TRO. I think that the court is going to release just enough funds for her to live as far as her bills to be paid and probably like an additional stipend amount. And then we're talking about a lot of money, so it's nothing that would break her. Um, and then, uh, you know, because you don't want somebody to go under, like, what if she has a tax bill? You're going to screw her with the IRS. Of so course, I, I think that that part is I think that that part is a no brainer. And I think that Wells Fargo knows it, which is why they offered it. But I do believe as much as we may not like it and think it's bogus, I do believe that if Wells Fargo is being honest about the fact that they filed um, a they filed this petition for guardianship that is going to throw a monkey wrench in all of this. And that is what if the judge, you know, if the judge does not grant the TRO, that is going to be why, because the petition for guardianship is going to give the court is going to give the court pause that there are additional issues in this that need to be litigated before he just throws the whole baby out with the bathwater and hands Wendy or Wendy's people the reins back. Because unfortunately, the way that Wells Fargo has pled this by, by not just saying that Wendy's a little off, because remember with the Britney thing, the, there was not this argument that Britney was un, uh, had undue influence per se, because I think at that point she may have already been divorced from Kevin, maybe. I think mm -hmm. that at the point where Britney was, it truly was just about her mental state. So they didn't get into the people around her. Whereas unfortunately with Wendy, because they're trying to back as we talked about they're trying to kind of dance around the mental state and only point to the people around her that mm -hmm. makes it a little more difficult for the court to say okay well i'm gonna release wendy because now the people around her has been have been put into question so i do think that wendy will be okay in the sense that her funds will be released for her but unfortunately, if the guardianship was actually filed and this wasn't just a threat, because again, we haven't seen it, mm -hmm. then that may give the court a bit of pause. Okay. So I think tomorrow's ruling is going to be very is going to be very okay. interesting, and and of course I could always be wrong. I'm going based on my own experience, course, and typically listen. when they're well, no, where there has been like guardian type things involved it's, and you run into a lot of this stuff, especially when you're dealing with like custody and support and stuff like that. Um, there are um, petitions filed, either they're filed in different courts, like you may have a divorce filed in the court where divorces are filed, but then there may be an ancillary motion as it relates to custody or something filed in domestic court and one to the other as it relates, you know, well, we need to deal with the custody matter because then that's going to affect the support. So you have those Absolutely. types of things. So in using those types of examples, that is why I think the it may give the judge pause on this. And it sucks because if what many of us suspect is true, which is that 
Um, this was Wells Fargo overstepping because Lori saw an account going out the door because their relationship went sour. That's some real shitty stuff. And by the way, just as a quick aside, I meant to say this earlier because I know we're about to go. I really take issue with the fact that they tried to hang their hat on the on uh, her and Lori having a 15 year relationship and the Lori's weird. career for 23 years. Because I know that we have beat Lori to death and I don't want to make any disparaging remarks about her as a person because I don't know her but or know anything about her. But I will say this, people could have relationships business relationships with people for years and they go wrong and and it doesn't take much it could be one bad um well not necessarily bad call but one thing that you disagree on and it, you know and the relationship financial advisors isn't it people financial advisors and money managers that literally they come and they go. will clean them out and then managing them for 20 30 years so when it comes to that it's like you only need one time to do me wrong. Or you like, only oh, need I one time to do me wrong. And even yeah. if you didn't actually do me wrong, but I think that you did me wrong, that's enough for me to get rid of your behind. Exactly. So listen, Jonda, <laughs> let's wrap this up. I do want to say thank you. Special shout outs to Loie. Thank you so much for the cash up. I appreciate you. I thank <laughs> you so much. Also, I want to give a big thank you to, of course, Rim and B, my good friends and moderators. Thank you so much. I know y'all got a lot going on, but thank you always for stopping in and trying to support me and keeping me protected in these YouTube streets. You know, you guys are the best friends people can ask for. And also, just Jonda, thank you again for coming, sprinkling us with legal. When we get new people, Jonda will be back. Make sure you hit that subscribe and like button. And once again, I cannot impress you. Go on in the link button, Jonda's podcast, Jonda's Instagram, Jonda's YouTube. You can't go wrong. If you loved what she gave, this is just a sample. This is because I kept interrupting her. Just wait to see Jonda Unleash. You are going to be in love. And Jonda, before we go, do you want do you have anything coming up you want to share with us? Or again, she does enough on the daily, but do you have anything coming up exciting you want to share with us to be on the lookout for? Um, right now, just stay tuned to the podcast because we've got some fun stuff coming up this week. I am definitely going to be talking about the Tinder swindler, and I am also going to be uh, doing a piece on Inventing Anna. If you haven't uh, heard Ooh, about that good. case, yes, good. about Anna Delvey or Anna Sorkin. Yes. Um, such an interesting case, and of course, because it's me, we're going to talk about it, especially from the standpoint of privilege and everything that that affords in terms of how Anna Delvey was able to do what she did. So it'll be cool stuff. And then, of course, I do my fun trash like anybody else. I'm still talking about Ready to Love and Housewives. Yes, there we go. There we go. So stay tuned. I'm also associating with a new firm. So you will see all of that on my social media. We're making a big announcement soon. So I'm really excited. That's right. That's right. And also, you guys, thank you so much to the 550 people that are in here now, but to the 670 people that actually joined us at our prime. Like, 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 like. Yes, make sure you like, and you guys, 
Listen, thank you so much for joining me live. I can't say enough. I started off on live talking to 12 people, you know, <laughs> with everybody in the next room telling me to shut up. And now look at God's glory. They still tell me to shut up, but there's more of us. Now we're at an army and we can push back. But honestly, you guys, thank you so much for joining me live because you guys actually do make this possible for me and your support. And I love you guys so much. I appreciate 2022 is going to be a phenomenal year. We blow it up. Yes, and I'm glad we're starting off on the right way. And let's just hope that Wendy makes it through and whatever is going on with her. Send positive energy that she is successful, she is respected, and she is put in a position and given the respect that she deserves as a 57-year-old woman who has built an empire, okay? So I will talk to you guys later. Thank you so much, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.